This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how inadequate data may be impacting your used vehicle department at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y.com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, December 1st, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, there's a big new EV pickup hitting the road, and it's not cheap. The Biden administration spells out key rules on EV incentives, and November sales reports are off to a fast start. Plus, Technology can help dealerships buy cars out of the service lane, but it takes people too. So as an organization, you have to develop a strategy to ensure that the service drive team is economically motivated to help the used car department buy vehicles. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Let's start with auto sales. Early results on the November market, all from Asian brands, are very positive. Lexus gave a major boost to Toyota Motor Corp last month, while Hyundai and Kia continue to rack up U.S. sales gains, each setting November records, as inventory improves and discounts rise across the industry. Sales rose 17% last month at Toyota Motor, with volume surging 70% at Lexus and 10% at Toyota. It was the company's biggest sales gain in more than a year. Honda Motor Company's rebound from chronic chip and inventory shortages continued last month, with volume rising 33%. For Hyundai, sales rose 11%, topping 70,000 vehicles, boosted by fleet shipments. While Kia's volume advanced 3% to 58,338, it was the 16th consecutive monthly increase for each brand. Mazda sales rose 3%. Subaru is expected to report later today, followed by Ford and Volvo on Monday. Most other automakers report U.S. sales on a quarterly basis. Analysts project that the market grew by about 10% last month. The Biden administration has issued vital guidance for automakers on how strictly it will enforce a rule that blocks consumer tax credits for electric vehicles that contain battery materials from foreign adversaries such as China. The guidance gives automakers more certainty as they invest billions in domestic EV and battery manufacturing and rethink their supply chains to make vehicles eligible for tax credits. However, the tougher restrictions likely will slash the number of EVs that qualify. Starting January 1st, EV sales are ineligible for a tax credit up to $7,500 if any of the battery components are made or assembled by a foreign entity of concern, such as companies based in China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia. In 2025, the exclusion applies to critical minerals that are extracted, processed, or recycled by one of those entities. A public comment period will be open for 30 days for the Energy Department's proposed definition and 45 days for Treasury's additional guidance once the documents are published in the Federal Register. 
Tesla CEO Elon Musk delivered the first batch of Cybertruck pickups to reservation holders at an event at the automaker's Austin, Texas factory last night, four years after presenting the wildly styled vehicle to the public. Tesla also revealed prices that were significantly higher than when the pickup was first shown as a concept. At that time, prices were expected to start around $40,000. At this point, the base rear-wheel drive Cybertruck will start at $60,990, excluding shipping. Tesla currently charges $1,390 in shipping for its other vehicles, along with a $250 order fee. The base truck has an estimated range of 250 miles and accelerates to 60 miles per hour in 6.5 seconds, Tesla said, but deliveries won't start until 2025. Next year, Tesla aims to deliver two all-wheel drive versions. One with 340 miles of range starts around $80,000, also before shipping costs, and a top trim called Cyber Beast starts just under $100,000, excluding shipping. It has 320 miles of estimated range, 845 horsepower, and a 0 to 60 time of 2.6 seconds. I think it's our best product. I think it's the most unique thing on the road. And finally, the future will look like the future. Musk said the electric pickup has 11,000 pounds of towing capacity and its stainless steel exterior is resistant to bullets. General Motors loses money on its electric vehicles today, but that should turn around by the second half of next year, according to the automaker's top financial executive. CFO Paul Jacobson said at a Barclays investor conference on Thursday that GM now expects to earn mid-single-digit margins on its EVs by 2025, excluding fixed costs. The company previously had projected low to mid-single-digit EV margins. And electric vehicle maker Fisker said on Friday it will scale down production this month to prioritize cash for working capital needs. The company cut its production target for the year to just over 10,000 vehicles, down from its earlier forecast of 13,000 to 17,000. Shares of the EV maker, which has been struggling with a cash crunch, rose more than 11% this morning. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, it's finally here. Tesla has made its first Cybertruck deliveries. What are your thoughts on the delay and the new price hike of the truck? You know, they're, they're both significant, but they're not unexpected. This is often the case when Elon Musk makes an announcement of a new vehicle. He makes a lot of public announcements, like, and they sound like their promises. They sound like their commitments. But what I think in a lot of cases, what they really are is more like a stretch goal. So you think about the Model 3. It was supposed to be this $30,000 you know, mass market vehicle. You can find a used one for $30,000, but generally you're looking at $50,000 and up for a Model 3. So this is sort of a similar like 50% uh, higher prices across the board. And it took four years. You know, It's a long time to wait. But the people are waiting. They've got a lot of interest in this vehicle. It looks so different than everything else out there. You know, we'll see how they can do with the manufacturing, how many people will show up at the higher prices. But, you know, this is this is the price of an electric truck is what everyone else is having to charge. There's a lot of batteries in it. It's really complicated, but it, it should be a pretty fantastic machine. We'll see. Are you thinking you might get one? I am thinking about it, Jamie. As a Tesla owner, my knee-jerk reaction is, oh my God, I got to have it. But <laughs> here's the thing. First, I have to justify the price to my wife. Mm -hmm. And second of all, I have to justify to my wife, why would I need a bulletproof truck? So <laughs> we shall see. Good luck with that. 
I know, right? Coming up, how dealers can improve service drive vehicle acquisitions by embracing technology. That's next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is, is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Lack of inventory, increased auction fees, and a volatile market means stocking your lot can be challenging these days. To be successful, you have to move fast. You need to make decisions quickly at auction. You need to inspect trade-ins and decide on an offer that will benefit you without slowing down the sales process. You need to appraise and price vehicles with the most up-to-date information possible in a market that can change quickly. But the data you rely on to make these decisions could be holding you back. How often do you find yourself manually filtering through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? When unexpected mechanical issues come up, how much time do you have to spend looking back through comps to reprice the vehicle and determine if the reconditioning costs are worth it? How long do you spend searching through individual auction and third-party websites for the inventory you need? These problems affect the entire used vehicle process from acquisition to appraisal to merchandising. Visit reyrey.com slash used cars to explore how old and irrelevant vehicle information may be holding you back and discover how to make improvements for faster, more accurate, and more profitable decisions. That's reyrey.com slash used cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. High interest rates and expensive sticker prices are among the reasons why car buyers are being pushed to the dealership's used lot. But the supply of desirable used vehicles in the marketplace is thin. One valuable sourcing opportunity exists in the service drive. Micah Tindor, Senior Director of Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Schein about rethinking service drive acquisition strategies. Here's their conversation. Micah, pleasure to have you with me today. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be with you. So you wrote a great guest column for uh, Service and Parts page uh, that just that recently ran, talking about uh, used cars and how to like you know they're they're like a gold mine. It's a needle in a haystack sometimes to find a good used car these days. Tell me a little bit about just the landscape of the used vehicle market right now and why they're so hard, they're so scarce, and how those good newer used cars are hard to find. It's such an interesting topic, and so much of it still has those long legs from COVID. What we're seeing is that used day supply is still low. If you look at um, last month, 
versus prior year. Used day supply was still down 4% um, and only in the mid 40s, um, which has come up a little bit, but it's still pretty low overall from a supply perspective. It's really being mostly driven out of the off-lease side. And, you know, pre-COVID off-lease was about 33% of inventory moving into the use side, and it came down about 17% through most of the summer. And as we saw inflation start to push up those interest rates, it's really created an interesting inflection point in the market where vehicles are low supply, high demand, lots of interest. So now all of a sudden, to your point, vehicles are immensely expensive. And that's one of the main reasons that we think it's such an opportune time to go to the service drive to try to pick out those vehicles that you really need to stock your your pre-owned lot. Yeah, you wrote in, in your guest column, you kind of wrote that, you know, dealerships, they're, you know, these used cars are coming through every day. They're in your service drive every day. And, you know, here's a great opportunity to kind of to get some of these. So kind of walk us through those kind of four best practices that you outlined in that guest column. Yeah. There, there's four that we've looked at, and this is through our time working with dealers, helping to implement these through the technologies that are available. One of them is to um, approach fix and variable ops with a holistic strategy. And really anything that we want to execute as change or change management has to start with an aligned strategy, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page, right? And when we look at it, really think the strategy should cover who's going to be involved, the process that they're going to follow, what technology is going to be used, what the pay plan is going to be, and then how it's going to be communicated and tracked. Because if you have those things, you at any given time know that if something falls through the cracks, where it fell through the cracks, why it fell through the cracks, and what change needs to be made. And particularly when you're talking about fixed ops and variable ops, not always having an aligned strategy or aligned compensation plan, you got to start with the holistic strategy of what you as a dealership or dealer group want to accomplish with a service drive acquisition strategy. Sometimes, you know, they're in that silo, that sales and that service silo. And like you said, they're not even sometimes talking the same language. So it's just, is it just a fact of kind of getting them in the same room or just, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page with some kind of, you know, meeting of the minds? Yeah, that's exactly what it is, Dan. A meeting of the minds and an alignment between the leaders of fix ops and variable ops of how they're going to interact and where they're going to align or not align. There are times when the vehicle needs to run through service or the vehicle needs to be acquired, but you got to get everybody on the same page there so that it doesn't become a conflict. Because if you just let it run, if you don't set that holistic strategy aligns everyone to, you're going to end up with challenges because as you know, the, the compensation plans aren't necessarily aligned for a service writer and a used car sales manager or director to one push vehicles through service for RO revenue and the other try to pick vehicles out of service to stock the used car lot. So you got to start with that strategy to get everyone agreeing in advance as to what role they will play, what play is going to be run and what route they're going to run during that play. And the compensation, you kind of hinted at it, but that kind of second best practice is around compensation and who, who gets compensated what? Yeah, and the, and the best practice that we see is to find a way to ensure that the team on the fixed op side get some sort of compensation when a vehicle is picked up for, through a service drive acquisition. Because the last thing you want is to have a, a service writer with two grand written up and over and over again, that's the vehicle gets picked out. And now on the service side, I feel like I'm losing revenue. So as an organization, you have to develop a strategy to ensure that the service drive team is economically motivated 
to help the used car department buy vehicles. And it's, it, there's all kinds of different flavors that we see in the market, all kinds of different ways to do it. But really at the core, it comes down to we all perform to our pay plan. So building a pay plan that aligns fixed ops and variable ops to both buy the vehicles that's best for the dealership and push the vehicles that's best for service and therefore for the dealership through the service department. Yeah, there's such great technology out there, AI, other tools. Talk about that and, and the importance that like a technology and a tool makes in, in making this you know a, a viable and successful operation of, of getting those used cars. Technology score. I mean, you can run a quality service drive acquisition tool with minimal technology, but it's a massive amount of human input. And we all know it's hard enough to make a change in a large organization or across an entire dealership. And the easiest way to lighten that change and lighten that change management is to find a tech stack that can knit three things together. You have to have your appraisal source, you have to have your inventory management solution source, and your service drive source from a technology perspective married. You need the used car leaders to be able to go in and see a full list of what's coming into service. And you need to tie into the IMS so that they know what their day supply is on that vehicle, cost to market, price to market, whether they want to go after that vehicle, whether it fits their stocking strategy. And then you need it to tie into the service drive tech because you need it, one, to feed those appointments. And two, you need a way to deliver back that information to the consumer. So what we say is it doesn't really matter what technology you use, if it's AI based, if it's very human based and you're pressing buttons, if it's all knit together. But what you need to have is the service drive appointment showing up where your inventory management decisioning lives, where your appraisal instigation capabilities live, and then the ability on the service side to push that back out to the consumer. And that just takes away a lot of the challenges. You can then focus on customer engagement and process and less on pressing buttons. So you've got everything. I got all your ducks in a row now, right? Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's figuring out how much money they're going to make and all these kind of great things. You got great technology and tools. Last step you say is to kind of be more targeted, be a little more picky and or like to find the car that is right for you. That's going to make you some kind of profit. Talk more about that. One of the really interesting things about service drive acquisition, Dan, is it's high quality vehicles. Viato's Profit Time GPS ranks vehicles 1 through 12, and there's metal grades attached, but uh, a, ve a vehicle that comes in as an 8 and 9 is, is a, a high goal, right below platinum, second best vehicle you can get. Service drive acquisition averages an 8 or a 9, so it averages a high quality gold vehicle. And what's beautiful about service drive is you can only target the people that you want the vehicles. So if your stocking strategy says, I need more CPO vehicles, you can target CPO only vehicles or quality vehicles through your service drive. If you need vehicles under 15,000, you can just pick those up. Really what it's all about is taking your inventory stocking strategy, overlaying it onto the service drive appointments you have coming in and picking out what vehicles are best for the dealership. From the dealership perspective, what vehicles are best to try to pick and put in the used car lot versus what vehicles are best for the dealership to keep in service and run that RO revenue. So it's just about that aligned strategy of understanding exactly what you want to buy, overlaying it on those service drive acquisition opportunities, and then executing against it. And it, and it gets easy once you collect, connect all those tech stacks together. It's a lot of great information on, on that and, and about acquiring great used cars through the service drive. Useful information for the dealers out there. Micah, great talking with you. Thanks again for sharing your uh, knowledge about the used car market. Thanks for the opportunity, Dan. Good to chat with you and everyone, all the listeners out there. Micah Tindor is Senior Director of Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters.
And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to our own David Phillips, Lonnie Iliff, Audrey LaForest, and Lindsay Van Hulley for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on light vehicle sales, the EV market, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a conversation about crews in the wake of the GM unit halting all commercial robo-taxi operations. As they were scaling, something bad was going to happen. It's inevitable. And the question is, where was the industry going to be in terms of the public trust they had at the moment? If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 